It is rivalry week in college football. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bill, always good to have you on. Happy Thanksgiving week, etc. cetera. Uh, let, let's start with Ohio State and Michigan and the undefeated battle. When it's the Ohio State offense versus the Michigan defense, what are you going to be most looking for at that point? Uh, the balance, you know. Can, can Ohio State stay balanced with Travion Henderson? They've obviously ran the ball very well the uh, last couple weeks. So if they, you know, the last two games in particular, 56 runs, 57 or 57 runs, 56 passes, if they maintain that balance and don't turn the ball over and make Michigan stay on the field and maybe pick up the tempo like Maryland did last week, they'll be fine. Okay, so let's flip this. Michigan's offense, uh, you know, which is uh, you know, after after actually winning the past two years, they really dominated the line of scrimmage by running the ball against Ohio State. They had the big plays towards the end of that second half last year. But, you know, they really dominated the Ohio State defense. Has the Ohio State defense improved enough this year to make a difference on Saturday? Well, we're going to find out. And last year it was big plays. The year before it was Michigan was able to run the ball down their throat at will. Um, we can make the sign-stealing jokes if you want, but I think the, the key for Michigan will be, you know, having balance. Same thing. They've ran it 91 times, passed it 31 times the last two weeks. I don't think that's going if – they, if they can run it 30 times in a row against Ohio State, the Buckeyes are in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to need to put the ball up a little more this week. So who wins on Saturday in Ann Arbor? Yeah, it's a coin flip and a tough call, and I've, I've struggled with this pick all week because I really think it's going to be the game that you and I grew up with, the, the one-score headbanger, both teams mm-hmm. knocking each other around, and one turnover makes a difference. I picked Ohio State 22, Michigan 17, but it could just as easily go the other way. Okay, you mentioned the sign stealing stuff and you know, everything else that's going on in this program. You know, after Saturday, Harbaugh's will have missed uh, six of the twelve games this season because of some form of a suspension, uh, because of the controversy and his you know seemingly annual flirtation with the NFL. And if he loses on Saturday at home, is you know he may be in a little trouble in Michigan. Well, I think the fallout works both ways. I mean, if Ohio State loses, there's going to be people, unreasonable people, calling for Ryan Day. And if Michigan loses, the fallout from everything that's been going on that I've been writing about for the last five weeks comes to a head, I think, a little bit. You know, I can't speak for what the NCAA's timetable will be on investigating Michigan, but it's part of the conversation. And I think right now, you know, we'll see. But if Michigan wins, I think some of that, you kind of like kick that can down the road a little bit, Bob. Okay, we'll get to some of the other Saturday games here momentarily. Bill Bender of the Sporting News currently in the sports zone. College football playoff. Uh, the uh, rankings have certainly lacked drama these uh, you know, throughout this month of November so far. Top eight teams, same top eight every week. Obviously a different order the last couple of weeks and a couple of spots. Uh, do you what do you disagree with so far from the committee in the first you know, three or four weeks of these standings? Um, you know, I think it's definitely pretty cut and dry. Honestly, I haven't disagreed with much. I, I figured last night that they were going to bump Washington ahead of 
Florida State and, and use the justification about the strength and schedule when the truth is they see what we all see, that Jordan Travis got injured. I think, uh, um, you know, other than that, the top ten is the top ten. They probably should have Louisville over Missouri, but that's minor. I think that's just window dressing to kind of slot those SEC teams the way they need them slotted. So, I, you know, again, I, I don't – until some of these unbeaten Power 5 teams lose, and we'll have one this week, there isn't too much to complain about. Speaking of unbeaten Power 5 teams, Washington keeps winning games. They haven't won a game by more than 10 points since September. Uh, but, you know, what, what's your take on Washington at this point of the season? They're a really good team. Really good team. Really good uh, offense. They, the defense, like Boo Corrigan said last night, is come around a little bit. So, I think they're, they're on schedule. As long as they take care of business the next two weeks, they will probably go to the college football playoff. They will probably, uh, you know, they've beaten three ranked teams the last couple weeks. And it's definitely one of those deals where this is a very good football team. And I think this Oregon rematch, if it comes to it, unless Arizona can get in the way, is going to be very exciting. Could determine a playoff berth, could determine the Heisman Trophy, could determine who goes to the college football playoff. All of those things are on the table. You mentioned Arizona. I think this is the first time we've ever had a football discussion where the University of Arizona has come up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of up, they're up to 15th last night. Uh, you know, what has impressed you most about the UVA program so far this year? Uh, you know, I, I think they are one of the most fun teams to watch in the country. And it, it's been amazing to watch Noah Fafita. The offense, I, I as you know, I step late and watch these games and Sometimes you drift yeah. a little bit, but with them, I, I don't drift. They're fun. And uh, it goes back to the USC game to me, even though they lost that game. The, the excitement that they were playing with, the ability to balance the offense with running and passing and the defense flies around. Jed Fish is, deserves to at least be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Actually, I got a call from Florida with the guy I used to work with in my syndicated days in Chicago yesterday wondering if there's any truth to the rumor that Jed Fish, Jed Fish would take the Florida job if it opened. And I thought, really? Then he told me that uh, Jed Fish actually went to the University of Florida. So I don't know if there's uh, connecting the dots there, if that works or not, but he's certainly getting national attention if I'm getting a call from Florida about uh, you know him maybe you know being offered the Florida job. Yeah, you know, he'll be a candidate. And uh, he was – and there was some rumors that UCLA might pop open, which has since been rescinded. Yeah. It looked like he might be a candidate for that one. So definitely an interesting proposition. But you know what? He's done very well, and he deserves the credit for that. He probably will be linked depending on what jobs pop open, but he also could just as easily off the state of Arizona. It's an exciting time for the program, getting to switch conferences. Every I think that's part of next year, too, is, some of these programs are going to have to bounce around and figure out where they're at. Yeah, that's a very good point. Talking with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Okay, back to some of these games this week. Let's uh, start on Friday. Uh, Oregon, uh, you know, do they? Uh, you know, do they, they've certainly been on an amazing roll here of late. They're in a revenge situation against Oregon State. They blew a 21-point lead and lost to them last year. So how, how's Oregon and Oregon State? How do you handicap that game? And I, it could go either way in terms of, you know, it's a, 
uh, one of these bad feeling games I've been talking about all week. Oregon State obviously is is going to be high emotions. Last time they've played, uh, last time they're going to play before they switch conferences, and who knows the future of that program. And then Oregon, of course, is looking so good. 35 points or more the last five weeks, covered three of the last five games, has a chance to build some momentum with Bo Nix for this Pac-12 championship game. I know conventional wisdom says it probably will be a close game, but I like the Ducks to cover. I think they run away with that one. Texas, in the last couple of weeks, they've lost Jonathan Brooks, their leading rusher, to a season-ending ACL injury. Last week, they lost their best receiver, Xavier Worthy, and I have not heard what his status is. They also lost one of their best offensive linemen, D.J. Campbell, in that game against Iowa State last week. Any opinion on whether the Longhorns cover the 13-point number at home against Texas Tech? That's another one of these bad feelings games. Yeah, Texas Tech... uh, much more uh, interested in playing Texas and vice versa, needless to say. Yeah, this is another one of those bad feeling games. I was just talking about Texas Tech. Brad Yormock made those comments in the off season about yeah. rather uh, the you know the, you know, and Steve Sarkeesian filed him away, kept the receipt. So for Texas, I think it's a really interesting spot. One thing I was worried about with the Jonathan Brooks injury was how would the running game be? Well, we got the answer last week. C.J. Baxter kept it going. C.J. Baxter kept it going, and then the passing game was good. They've taken care of business in the close games too. So I think Texas continues to kind of force the issue a little bit, wins another game, gets a little bit closer to the playoff, and somebody else slips up. Your mark, is he going to be there tomorrow or I'm assuming uh, Friday when they play that game? They should have him, like, flip the coin or something before the game starts. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, he he might. (laughs) So, I mean, and and Oklahoma also still has a chance to get to the Big 12 championship game. It's really interesting to see there. Um, We'll see who gets in, but that's, again – Bob, another bad feeling game like Oklahoma leaving the conference. These schools that are leaving with all the changes in college football, the playoff race being as tight as it is, there's only eight teams, in my opinion, that can make the college football playoff right now. And, you know, you might see three head-to-head matchups among them. And then Florida State sitting there. I will say this, and I, I didn't address it earlier. If Florida State wins their next two games, they're going to the playoff. I don't care who the quarterback is. They're not going to leave an undefeated Power 5 champion out. So, basically, they would replace the Michigan-Ohio State loser, I take it, in the top four? Uh, yes. Yeah, they, they will. I think the Ohio State-Michigan loser is out. I think the yeah. Alabama-Georgia loser is out, although they're kind of laying the groundwork a little bit for Georgia to make the college football playoff, even if they lose to Alabama. That's true, no question. This next game, you know, back to the hard feeling you know, theme here, but Washington and Washington State announced this week they're going to play for at least the next five years. So is there still hard feelings here? I'm sorry, that cut out. What was the last the Washington and Washington State, uh, they, they're going to play apparently. They announced this week they're going to play for at least the next five years. So is there still bad feelings between Washington and Washington State? Oh, I mean, yeah, and I think that's the one. You know, the hard part about picking games on rivalry week is you don't know when the records are so different. You, you, We always say throw the records out the window. So which game will be close? I just said I liked Oregon by a lot. And then 
I kind of like Washington State to hang around against Washington, even though there's no reason or rhyme to it, right? Washington's a much better team. I am glad they're continuing that series. I think one of the byproducts of all this realignment is we're losing some of those games. So, uh, for me, it's pretty cool that they're going to be able to play for the next five years. And I hope they're able to continue that. I hope Oregon, Oregon State can continue to play. I hope Oklahoma, Oklahoma State start playing a little bit. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon State, I know the coaches both talked this week how they want to continue the series. Now, whether the administrators feel the same way, I have no idea. But at least the coaches think that. So, yeah, I would be – I think it would be wrong if those teams uh, quit playing. But uh, we'll see how that goes. By the way, uh, any other games that kind of catch your attention this weekend, whether it be Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Uh, Kentucky, Louisville. Louisville's having a really good season. I think Kentucky's going to hang with them. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, though, Bob. Like, I have so much focus on Ohio State-Michigan. We did have a piece this week that I want you to check out. I'll send it over to Kayla about how this might be the last great war between the two. And I know the war analogies, they're, they're frowned upon, but, you know, this was built on Woody Hayes and the 10-year war. And this is the last time they're going to play where there's going to be absolute consequences with the Big Ten and, the college football playoff before we get into that 12 team, 18, 18 team league next year. Well, somebody that was born in Columbus, Ohio, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. So I understand the, the long-term, you know, the, you know, the ultimate consequence with the 12 team playoff, et cetera, might be a little different, but, uh, yeah, and they might actually play the next game the next week, right? Next season, once they, you know, if there's a Big Ten championship game, they might actually play two weeks in a row, which would be interesting. But uh, so hard for me to believe it was just going to kind of go away. But, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, hatred and, uh, you know, rivalry, et cetera. But uh, I totally get it for sure from your view, from your, view uh, your viewpoint on that. Yeah, well, I mean, just there'll be alterations. It's still, it's still Ohio State, Michigan, but the terms of the agreement have changed. You know, you can lose and still go to the playoff. You can lose and be an eight. Yeah. This Saturday is going to be the closest thing, and I've, you know, I think 20 million people are going to watch the game. I think it's the closest thing we've had to the 10-year war with Woody and Bo in terms of animosity and unrest yeah. and. The other team just wanting to beat the other team. And I think we're going to get a game that's a homage to the 10-year war because I think these defenses are outstanding. They're the only two in the FBS that allow less than 10 points per game. Phil, good stuff as always. Have fun. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks so much. All right. Bill Bender, the Sporting News. Excellent stuff. And uh, check out his work at sportingnews.com. 